How's it going, Nashville? This is the Nashville Fitness Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Chris Beavers, where we will unpack all things health and wellness. We will clear up common myths, highlight amazing fitness opportunities, and bring you guys the best information about health here in the great city of Nashville. Welcome to the latest episode of the Nashville Fitness Podcast. Today I have the privilege of hanging out with Dr. Ethan Kellum over at Nashville Regenerative Orthopedics. Uh, he's a sports medicine fellowship trained orthopedic surgeon, uh, but he specializes in non-operative management of uh, many, many things. And uh, we're so excited and lucky to have you on the podcast today. So Dr. Kellum, thanks for hanging out with us. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us a, more, a little bit about you and kind of how you became to be an orthopedic surgeon by trade and, and really here in Nashville with your practice now. Yeah. So... Um, so I'm from from Tennessee, and so when I went to medical school, I was I was uh, I went in with a thought that I was going to be a pediatrician. I love kids, love working with kids, and thought I was going to do that. But um, I worked at a hospital there in Memphis, where I went to medical school at U- University of Tennessee, and uh, and so while I was there working in the, in the emergency department, the orthopedic surgeons would come down, and they you know they'd come down, and they my personality was kind of like their personality, and. Um, and so there was there was something very tangible for me to see, like you know something was broken or something was out of place, or mm-hmm. and so it was very easy for me to pick up, and so I, was, I gravitated towards that. Whereas when the pediatricians were down there, it was like you know they put up a chest X-ray, and so I'm asking like, well, what's this? And they're like, their mind is a million miles down the road, and they're kind of looking at me like, what? <laughs> um, and so and so just orthopedics, was, it was fun. So that's. Um, I was just drawn to that, you know, the instant gratification of making things better and getting people back to yeah. you know, doing things. I, I love it. Did you play sports growing up or anything like I that? Did. Is that kind of what drew you to it, you think, as well? I, I did. Yeah, no, that definitely um, definitely drew me to it, playing sports and, and having those injuries and, and being taken care of by, you know, my orthopedic surgeon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just, you know, also working with your hands. I mean, I, I like to get out in the in the backyard and the shop and do that sort of thing and so orthopedics is, is like that yeah i love it i love it that's great so then after your your time kind of in the diversity department there you, you know where did you transition into to as far as fellowship and things like that yeah so went to went to medical school finished that and then went down to augusta georgia uh nice. they play a little golf down there yeah there you go that's what uh, i hear yeah a little golf <laughs> they don't do much of anything else but play play a little golf um so did orthopedic surgery residency there cool and it was that time that I that I found my love of of sports. I kind of put put everything together. Initially, I, I was I was interested in being an uh, orthopedic oncologist, sure. and that really wasn't wasn't me. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do be a total joints guy. Mm-hmm. Really like that. But when I got on the sports service, I really found my mm-hmm. my love because I'm I'm a former athlete, enjoy all that stuff, love taking care of those injuries, and so that's led me to to go you know down the road of, of sports as far as operative things right. and uh, of course applied for fellowship uh, mm-hmm. was very thankful and uh, fortunate to end up at New England Baptist Hospital in Boston nice. we took care of the Celtics there and had a great time more fun than what I should have had and <laughs> uh, and learned a lot of stuff very operative heavy fellowships so did yeah. a lot of cases over over 1200 wow. surgical cases um, that's where my love of, of regenerative medicine started was in fellowship those guys were extremely busy operative but they were always looking for ways to keep people out of the operating room and so that's um, and of course our, our ties with the with the Celtics we were 
you know, that was very, that played heavily into, you know, learning about platelet-rich plasma and stem cells and all those things. Right, that's awesome. That's that's cool that even early on, right, even even in the midst of a busy surgical caseload, that you're like, hey, the, these guys were still focusing on what other ways can we keep folks out of here? Because I think, you know, even from like PT, a surgeon standpoint, and even like general public sometimes can think like, oh man, like my surgeon just wants to do surgery and, and I love that. And that's why I love these conversations that we're having today is like people, like you guys aren't always worried about having, you know, having surgery on every single thing that walks in the door. Yeah. I think that's cool that even early on in your career that that, that kind of thought bug was put in there, yeah. if, if, if you will. Uh, so how did you, you know, how did you end up here in Nashville then at that point? Because you were working with those guys, finished up fellowship and then and then obviously did you come right back to Nashville after that? So, so didn't, so got out in, in practice and it's kind of one of those things that, um, you know, I'm no different than most orthopedic surgeons who, who do this. Um, they it, the, the average is about three places where you're gonna be. Yeah. And there was a combination of, of um, how I wanted to practice, how I wanted to take care of patients um, and uh, that kind of led me to this, to, to here. Um, I'm from Tennessee, so I wanted to be back here. I've always loved Nashville. It's a good um, place. It's a wonderful place to be, great opportunity. Um, and so all those things combined really led me to um, figuring out that, okay, I, I kind of want to, this is how I want to take care of patients. I want to do more of, of, of the regenerative medicine because I think there's a, there's a huge mm. need for that, and especially doing it the right way. Right. Uh, and so that's how I got back to yeah. back to all those all those pieces, um, you know, culminated in you know, Nashville made that work. Right. Yeah. And I think it's you've got such an interesting background where you know, hey, surgeon by trade, but now I mean, you've got a heavy, heavy focus on this regenerative kind of non-operative management of that. Why do you think you kind of made that delineation? Uh, obviously, it sounds like you, that came along early on, but. Why do you think that now your practice is kind of that way? Yeah, yeah. So you know, and, and, you know, always people always say, well, you know, you know, hey, you don't operate anymore, but I do. I still operate. I still do rotator cuff repairs, ACL reconstructions, and um, those things are my wheelhouse. Those are things that I'm really good at. Those yep. are the things that I like. Um, but what I saw over time was that there was there was a lot of patients that came in that there was no surgery for. Yeah. There's nothing to do for. Them. There was no right. surgery to do for. Them. Or hey, we try all these, all these other things that we know don't really work. Um, maybe buy us a little time, a little or like a little time at, at, at most. Um, and so always looking for that something that can help this patient better. Mm-hmm. And that's in that regenerative medicine just kept coming, mm. coming back and coming back and, and coming back. So that's. Um, what what really drove me and I always tell people the story of a, of a marathon runner that came in to see me and uh, for you guys that are listening out there and, and you know the runners are are crazy people they are they, <laughs> they, they burn the road up they burn the road. they'll do they'll do anything to run yeah. you know also reminds me of a story when I was a, a medical student we would take um, tests in blocks one of my classmates who was an, an avid runner mm. um, and so f- for stress relief for him during that during that test block, he would get out 12 o'clock at night. This is in Memphis, Tennessee. That's crazy. <laughs> and he'd run three or four miles. And it was oh, like, wow. man. Um, but but he needed it. So anyway, runners love to run, right? They, they want to run bad. So this guy came in. He'd seen two of the orthopedic surgeons. He'd been put in a, in a boot. He had been, uh, he'd had all the therapy, right? He did all the right things. Mm-hmm. Had really bad Achilles tendonitis. Mm-hmm. Couldn't 
get back. And so he, he comes in to see me. He's like, well, you know, hey, what do you think? And I was like, I, I don't know. You've seen, <laughs> <laughs> you've seen everybody. You've seen everybody, you know. And so uh, in, in our meeting there, the very last thing I mentioned, I said, well, hey, we could try this thing called, you know, PRP on you, platelet-rich plasma. Mm -hmm. um, he was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Did that for him. Back to running marathons. And so, Crazy. Yeah, so it was it was those things where the, the light bulb you know went off for me and um, and um, and I started to do it more and more and, and seeing you know relief and, and help with those things. So yeah, huge. what was the time frame on on from you kind of trying some of this PRP stuff early on in this this gentleman's case to you know it being a big part of your practice now? Like, what was the timeline on you kind of experimenting with it? If you yeah, will? so about three years. Yeah, so you know it was one of those things that. Um, with all new things, you're, you need education, sure. you need learning, and I, and I had part of that, right? But for me, I want to know the why, and the how, Absolutely. and how long, and, and blah, blah, all those all things. The so it was, it was definitely, it was a journey for those, for those first three years, until I got to that point that I'm like, man, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm doing the majority of this stuff, I'm doing less surgery in this respect, and so, and then, and then you know, coming to that focus of saying, hey, this is, this is where I think things are, are moving and yeah. where things work the best. Yeah, it's about three years. Yeah, that's awesome, you know, that, that you kind of started to see these changes. It's like, hey man, uh, this guy's tried everything else. And those can be some of those frustrating cases, you know, they've, they've seen everyone else at this point, you know, and I get some of these cases now. It's mm -hmm. like, and they've seen a couple of the PTs or maybe they've tried chiropractic care as well. And they've seen a couple of orthopedic surgeons and you're like, man, I've really got to think outside the box as to how the heck I'm going to get this patient better or why have they not gotten better, you right. know? Uh, but those, those are the, the most fun cases where you, you have to sit and, and, and troubleshoot a little bit. Do you get a lot of that now? You have more? Uh, yeah. I mean, the, you know, the, the things that we, and, and it's like there's sometimes I wish that people would see me on the front end. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a lot better. But now, you know, because then they had the surgery, they had all these things and then they're train wrecks. And so, right. and we, and we get those and we, we take care of those and we help them and, and all those things. But, um, you know, it's, it's definitely a little bit easier on the front end at times <laughs> yeah I tell down the road yeah I mean I'm telling folks all the time it's like man it's a heck of a lot easier to treat your six-week-old rotator cuff pain as opposed to your six-month or year to two-year shoulder pain and you know we I treat a lot of CrossFit athletes so these mm -hmm. guys have been snatching or doing muscle ups or whatever on a sore rotator cuff for years now yeah and they've seen everybody else and it's just those are tough cases tough cases and you know it's, it's you know it's that you mentioned, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned rotator cuff, and you know a lot of people have those tears, right? And the first person they need to see is you, right, right, yeah, right. Um, and and because they'll hear like, oh, I got a rotator cuff tear, like I need to have that fixed, and that's just not that's just not the way it, way it goes. We know right. that twenty to thirty percent of people walk around with a rotator cuff tear and have no pain, right? Right. And then you have those people that are symptomatic, right? And so early on, like, hey, let's get that better by seeing someone like you or, or even doing something regenerative, right? But surgery is not necessarily the answer. Right. And I love doing that surgery. <laughs> um, but I, I've never found anybody that I regretted not operating on. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and people have gotten so better um, with, you know, with, with therapy, with, the, with your hands, with the things that you do. Mm -hmm. And then that regenerative medicine piece. Yeah, and, and they, they go so hand in hand with one another. It's like, you know, hey, if we get them in early in our clinic and, and you know, hey, maybe we're not, we're making some leaps and bounds, but we're not quite 100% yet. And it's like, hey, that's perfect for, for them to, to get you into your clinic and start looking at some of these other options to get us, say, from that 70 80% to that 90 to 100%. 
back on board. But uh, I love I love what you said. Hey, like not all of these things need to be repaired, right? And, right. and I think patients get fearful of that sometimes. You know, hey, maybe they've had pain and they end up in that. They get an MRI, and then some of these readings are scary to them. They're like, "How do I, how do I navigate all this? I've got a person of authority telling me I need surgery. How do you navigate that? You know what I mean? And it's like, hey, explore all the options, right? Yeah, talk about them. Like, hey, put them all out there. See what, what you know, see what's there. So I, I think that's very important for patients to do. Yeah, and I, and I love that you've got more options than most, right? So, so you know, as far as your, your practice focuses a lot on this this regenerative piece, what, what do you, you know, kind of to explain to us some of the options that you have and, and which do you feel has been most impactful to your practice? Yeah, so, you know, and I love where I live, like where I, <laughs> where I sit. Yeah. Um, because I know what it takes to have surgery, what that means and all that stuff, all of them, you know, <laughs> spine to joints to all that stuff. I've done all those things. Um, but also that piece of regenerative, like what it takes for that to be successful, where that needs to go. And, you know, the options um, out there, you know, in some ways they're pretty standard, right? The things that we have, mm-hmm. physical therapy to, uh, to steroid injections. And we could talk, a, we could talk a, lot, a lot about, you know, whether or not to have a steroid injection, right? right? Visco supplementation, anti-inflammatory medications, and why you may or may not should do those things. You know, you don't ever want to get down the road of taking pain medicine for these things if you, if you can. Right. One of the things that we normally leave out is is um, you know more holistic in nature, which is something I think is like extremely important, has to deal with um, what we eat, the toxins we put in our body that cause inflammation, so all of those things. Like those, um, that's probably one of the number one things that I always tell folks about as far as like, okay, how can we get your inflammation down? So good. Um, what are your some of the recommendations typically for that? Yeah, so you know, some of the things I think that are very important, collagen is, is, yeah. is huge, vitamin C is, is huge, especially in, um, you know, just because those things, you know, they need each other to work well. Yeah. Turmeric, um, our curcumin, lots of other things can, can be very, but you know, what you, put in your body as far as the food that you eat, right? Mm. Um, and, and sometimes I, I hate this because they're all the things that I like. But, <laughs> um, you know, dairy, sugar, yeah. uh, gluten. Not that everybody has issues with gluten, but, you know, those things can be, uh, you know, can be fairly in- inflammatory. So, you know, getting rid of those things in the midst of getting certain things into your nutrition can, mm. can make that shoulder pain feel better. People yeah. people kind of look at me sideways when I say that. <laughs> um, and, that, and, it, and this is not what I was taught or what I, you know, knew to be true. Um, and I tell this story also all of the time. Probably about four years ago, I was playing my oldest son in, in basketball, playing a game of 21. Nice. And he... Um, and I never take it easy on those guys, right? <laughs> Ever. Trial by fire, I like it. It's like, if you're going to beat me, you're going to really beat me. And it's going to take you a long time. Um, Collect the wins while you can. That's right, that's right. Um, and so anyway, this day he he, he beat me. And uh, and so he asked me, like, Dad, you know, did you let me win? I was like, no, unfortunately, I did not let you win. But my knees were killing me that day. I mean, they were hurting bad. And I was, you know, in the midst of... of of moving to Nashville, opening this practice here. Right. And so I was eating everything under the sun, yeah. like everything. Uh, all pizza, burgers, it was, <laughs> it, was a, it was a great time. But And I and I was thinking to myself, like, man, do I need an injection? Like, yeah. I'm thinking all this stuff. I need an MRI. Maybe I'm going to have to have a knee scope. Like, yeah. I'm, all this stuff is going around. Like, I'm an orthopedic surgeon. This is, man, this is bad. Yeah. Um, but when I cleaned up my diet, that knee pain went away. I hadn't had a problem with it since. Crazy. And I should, I mean, at 30-something years old, yeah, I'm a former athlete, but my knees weren't in, in bad shape. 
right? Right. But they hurt like they were. <laughs> but it was the inflammation that was causing those things. It's it's crazy. I, I see that in my practice a lot as well. You know, mm-hmm. I've got some folks 70, 80% better. Why why can I not get them to 90 to 100%? What are we missing? And you start triaging exactly what you're talking about. You know, hey, you you haven't slept more than six hours in, in months. You're stressed out as heck and you eat like crap. It's like, man, like let's kick some of these other things. Try some of this vitamin C or turmeric, some of this other stuff. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. I, I love that, that that story, you know, that you've almost experienced it as well. You're like, holy cow, like this is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like, you know, and you, I mean, you mentioned some key ones. I mean, sleep is, yeah, um, yeah just all those things. Matters so much in, in what we do, right? And, feel. And, and it's part of the, the the outcome for the the patient, right? Like immediately when someone has pain, it's the same thing you just said. Hey, oh, I've got something torn. I need to immediately go get an MRI or some injection or something, and you know I need to go see somebody to, to fix this. And it's like, man, we don't want to hear this this advice that we know to be true, right? We know we need to eat better. We know we need to sleep more. But it's true, right? Yeah. Like, get seven hours of sleep and eat better, and that's going to help your pain. It helps so much. Yeah, we had we had a patient um, when we first started who lived um, part part time in Minnesota, part time here in, mm. in Nashville, and so we did an over the phone consult. And those some of those things we talked about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so she'd scheduled to to see us here and then go through a procedure. By the time she got to Nashville. I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> That's awesome. It's pretty good. That's incredible, man. Yeah. It's like sleep and, and nutrition is medicine. Like yeah. we, as much as we hate being beat over the head with that, it's tough, especially living here in Nashville. A lot of good food. Oh man, uh, great, great food. You, but you got to be able to 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 change that diet just yeah. subtly, right? Just subtly, and, and definitely moderation is all. You know, I, I tell people, hey, we we only we only go around this, this thing once, right? <laughs> right. And there's some good food in Nashville. Right? Yes. Let's, let's have some hot chicken. Everybody. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It is what it is, and, and um, but you know the rest of the time, the majority of the time, we're gonna you know help our bodies. Absolutely, absolutely. That's awesome. No, I love I love these exact things. I always have these conversations because they're they're important. I love that that you're doing that as well in, in your practice, and and it doesn't happen often, which is the sad thing. It's like, hey, here's a like I said, here's a surgical intervention, or here's a, a prescription medication to to knock this out when there's some natural means in which of doing it. So. So let's talk a little bit about you know some of the regenerative stuff that you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you feel has been the the best uh, implication or the best outcomes for your patients? Like what what new addition uh, that you're doing here in this practice that you say this is what really is kind of our bread and butter or what gives us the best change for an outcomes for our patients? You know the the, the things are you know having stem cells from from them right. So yeah. so whether it's bone marrow or or adipose or or fat tissue. Uh, uh, platelet-rich plasma, PRP. Those two things are are the things as as far as non-operatively that that I think make a huge impact on 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 our patients and our clients. And um, you know that comes to, to treating you know arthritis, whether it's the knee or the shoulder, the hip, um, spine. You yep. know, um, those are going to be the, the big things that we treat. But you know, you look at someone that have that has knee osteoarthritis, I mean, those folks can, it can change their life and change it for a long time. Yeah. Uh, there's studies out there um, from folks out of France that have done, uh, they've done a total knee on one side, they've done, oh, wow. they've done stem cells on the other, 15 years down the road. Now we're not talking two years or, yeah. or five years, we're talking 15 years down the road. You very rarely get uh, <laughs> Wow, that's any, a long time. Yeah, and so those guys prefer their 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 knee that, that that had stem cells versus their knee that had the 
the total. That's crazy. Why uh, do you think that is? Uh, or why do you, I mean, maybe the study said that as yeah. well. So, you know, I've got some theories, but I'd yeah. love to hear yours as well. So, you know, one, I don't think we can make it the way, we, like when we when we put a total knee in, we can't put it back the way God made it. So, right. you know, <laughs> it's like, that's, that's number one. Yep. Number two, there's still a joint in there that's going to... Um, that will have pain because it's a joint. Right. Even though there's metal and plastic in there, right? Uh, and so it's not necessarily like, um, well, the arthritis, although that, that plays into it, but it's about that environment, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get the wear and tear of that, you know, because, you know, that, that plastic in there will wear and that causes problems, blah, blah, blah. Versus, you know, the other side is like, if you can, if in, 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 a, in, a, in a knee that has its, um, that doesn't have a, you know, a, metal and plastic in there if you can make the environment better whether they've got arthritis or not then that knee is better right and so um you know I, I, that's that's some of the things well tell, tell me what you think that's only something you yeah i mean I, I think exactly what you said right like those the plastic pieces are going to wear out quicker than a, a knee would in general right and then they're Proprioceptive input is going to be quite a bit different as well, right? I mean, you got you're trying to understand where your joint is in space when you've got plastic and, and metal, as opposed to your, like I said, your God-given parts. Like you're going to be much happier. It's going to feel like a more normal knee. If you can get somebody out of pain, right? Function, strength, all those things are going to improve significantly. Versus, you know, when it's your own parts as opposed to just some plastic pieces. I think that's the big one, right? If you squat on a plastic knee compared to a your normal knee that's pain-free, I guarantee everyone's going to say they're, they're, they're given knee, you know? Yeah. Uh, but that's a big piece as well. So, so we talked about uh, PRP versus stem cell. When would when would you get one over the other? So, you know, like, if I could treat everybody with stem cells and PRP, I probably would. Right. But there's not, not every time do you do you need that, right? Stem cells are definitely the, the big guns, whereas PRP is going to be the little brother. Yeah. But there's sometimes when you just need, need you know, PRP. And I kind of draw the line in the sand when you look at soft tissue injuries that's going to be where PRP is going to shine mm-hmm. and where, where you need that um, versus when you look inside of, or when you're working inside of a joint mm-hmm. um, that's where stem cells are going to, going to, going to shine uh, as well but then every, you know every case is a little different all my pro athletes every single one of them don't care what it is they get stem cells and yeah. PRP that's just that's the, the how it goes and so like I said if I could treat everybody with that that's what I would do Right, um, but there's there's not not all the time do you do you need that, and then you know the spine is really interesting too. You would yeah. say, okay, well spine, you got problems, let's let's do stem cells, where really PRP platelet-rich plasma works better in the spine. Oh, does it? Interesting. Yeah. yeah, stem cells are kind of a buzzword for everyone at this day and age. Right? It, we it think is. it's the cure-all for everything. So yeah. what the heck is it, and, yeah. and what is it good for, right? We've alluded to what it's good for already, but but what the heck is it? Yeah, so stem cells are simply just cells that haven't, um, they're, they're, cell, they're naive cells that haven't become any cell type just yet. Mm-hmm. And they normally come about when there's injury. Yep. So if, if something gets damaged, then stem cells will go there and help, uh, one, become the cells that, that, that needs to be, or direct the cells that are there to, to help that healing process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they normally kind of lie in wait uh, until mm-hmm. until needed, and then they, they come out. They spring the action when, when there's some injury. And the you know the, the biggest problem with um, musculoskeletal tissue, so joints, ligaments, tendons, nerves, the spine, you know, all these things, is that there's not a ready blood supply to those things. So when they get damaged or they get hurt, they can't they can't really heal themselves, like you know like some of the other like you know our skin would or something like that. So in effect, what we're doing is we're bringing 
blood to the situation, these stem cells, so it can help those things heal and help those cells do what they're supposed to do. Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then obviously it gives you just this ripe environment for these things to, to heal up and, and obviously overcome uh, the, the injury that, that it is that they're asking. But you said it was better mostly in more in joints than it would be soft tissue or obviously you could treat it with either one. But right. you, you've seen in your practice, hey, joints, it's maybe more implicated. Than yeah. Um, stem cells and joints versus soft tissue things, you know, mostly PRP. Um, but, you know, you can get a combination of those sure. things. You, you kind of... Um, that's the one thing about practice is, you know, you continue to learn every day and get better and you try things here and there, and, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as much as we wish it was a perfect science, there's obviously, uh, it doesn't, you know, not everything works for everybody. You've got to tailor it. And again, it's where we get to talk about our, our runner earlier. We get those complicated cases where you step back and have to, to examine all the evidence and the, the kind of case in order to, to make an understanding of what's best. So let's talk about the shoulder a little bit. So, yeah. you know, I'm a, I get a lot of shoulders myself. I love uh-huh. treating them. It's probably my favorite joint because uh, of how Mine too. Yeah, it's so mobile. It moves so well. Uh, also prone to injury as a result of that as well. And uh, so let's talk about, hey, when would we use, say, you know, PRP versus uh, stem cells and then maybe even potentially look at cortisone injection or, or what most people like to do is the hey let's wait and see approach right, right like yeah. I'm just going to drag drag my feet a little bit on this and maybe eventually it'll get better what's your kind of recommendations and, and kind of walk me through what you might do and, and our listeners what we might do for something yeah. like that so shoulder things you know there, there, there's there's going to be a few things right the biggest things you're going to deal with is someone that's got bursitis or like impingement mm-hmm. right which can come from a um uh, you know, partial rotator cuff tear or something like that, or they, or they just got bursitis in there, right? right. Or maybe they've got um, arthritis in there. Um, maybe it's biceps tendonitis that runs up through there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the shoulder, you know, approaching that is trying to figure out, okay, what is causing the issue, right? Sometimes you'll see a rotator cuff tear on there, and that's really not their problem, right? Right. Um, and so it could be they've got just this bursitis in, in, in those things, or once again, the arthritis. And so that's number one, figuring out exactly what it is. And then you're gonna say, okay, do I use stem cells or do I use PRP in, in those things? The thing about the shoulder is it likes to get stiff mm-hmm. when, 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 when damaged, injured, or even the, the treatment, right? Mm. And so the biggest thing with that is keeping it, it moving. Um, and so once again, if it's a soft tissue kind of thing, um, like a partial tear, maybe do some PRP, right? Yeah. Um, if it's where it's a, um, a, a cuff tear, like uh, bigger than, than partial, mm-hmm. then you might want to go that stem cell route. Right. And if you're, once again, dealing with a joint, stem cells, dealing like a AC joint arthritis, you know, um, stem cells. I had one of my pro guys that, um, in, in this particular one, I've treated him several times. Mm-hmm. Like he's probably had, uh, he's had, <laughs> um, bone mineral aspiration like five times oh wow and he's yeah. you know he's he's fine with that but he's like okay i got this ac joint arthritis <laughs> and like can we try to treat it with just a little bit less and so we we you know we tried that but once again when dealing with arthritis and stem cells just work a lot better so yeah you know trying to figure out exactly what what what's going on and then you know tailoring it to to that but you know the biggest thing for the shoulder is keeping that thing moving yeah that's gotta, that's key uh, it just it, it wants to it wants to get stiff 
Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you said, hey, we got to start out with a good diagnosis. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the biggest key. I, I've seen that in my, my profession probably to a fault. It's like, hey, let me just throw the whatever exercises is at this particular patient. And it's like, hey, try to come up with a good movement diagnosis or, a, hey, what was the mechanism that created some of this? Or, or in your case, right, if we've sent them off to, to doc to try to understand yeah. what it is that's going on, you know, listening to, to y'all's insight as well. Yeah, because that, that diagnosis, right, someone comes in, they're going to um, – Let's, let's say that that, that that pitcher, right? Right. That baseball pitcher, they're gonna come in. They're gonna they're gonna tell you, gosh, things hurt up front. Yep. Uh, but really, the problem's in the back. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. Um, and so you gotta, you know, you gotta understand that and, and know that. Um, and then you know the other question that you ask about, well, you know, what about what about steroids? What do yeah. steroids play into this? And um, and I'll tell you my overall thought about mm-hmm. steroids initially um, is that you know steroids are not a great thing. People they, love them; they think they're great. But think they're they're great. not. They're 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 horrible. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> um, you know, it was discovered in 1953 at Mayo Clinic. It definitely revolutionized how we take care of people in pain during that time. Right. Um, and and we've been suffering ever since <laughs> from it yes. because steroids ultimately will damage the tissue. Right. Um, and so we don't want that. We we want to we want to try to help make tissue better, not damage that. Yeah. Unless that's what we're trying to do. And in certain instances, we are. If we want to stretch something out, then yeah, let's yep. let's let's give a steroid. That works great for, for <laughs> that. Most of the time, we don't want that. Exactly. Um, and so um, you know, most most of the time, that's what we know of. When you're going to go see your primary care doctor, even your orthopedic surgeon, they're like, "Well, let's give you a steroid injection." And I think it's sometimes that those are the, the only indication for me that I think steroids work. Um, work fairly well is that someone that has a burst size that's really bad. Mm-hmm. So we're putting it in that space. We're not going to put it in that tendon. Yep. Um, and so that's the time that I'll that I'll try that. I'll you know I'll do that. But I don't like putting steroids in joints because it's going to hurt the cartilage. Yeah. In one injection, probably not a big deal. Yep. But when you get to two, three, four, and you know some folks like I've had six injections. You're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, who did that? Uh, those those are the things like I never forget this kid we saw this is when I was in fellowship um, baseball player and uh, got into his joint had I mean just horrible pain mm. um, but he had gotten like three steroid injections inside his joint he's you know I can't remember he's probably nineteen twenty wow but his joint looked like an eighty year old joint I mean yeah. the cartilage was gone it was and it wasn't because of what he was doing it's because of the steroid that he had, yeah. it's just it it kills it. Yeah, it chews that tissue up. I've seen it a time or two as well. You know, they you know obviously activity modification is a pretty big important thing mm-hmm. within reason. We can't move somebody completely from activity. We've got to keep them active as best we can, but as pain free as possible. And uh, man, I can't tell you how many times I've seen somebody who's had like you say three or four injections, and it's like man, like your joint is probably chewed up beyond measure. I'm gonna give you the best things I know to give you, but man, this is gonna be tough. Yeah. And, and I think people want that quick relief, right? They say, oh, I feel better from that cortisone injection. They'll immediately rush back into activity. And then that just sets them up for, for more and more and more of the exact same. Right. And it's frustrating for you, it's frustrating for me yeah. when you get those cases. Because, you know, so that's, there's, you know, there's, you can't, it's like having surgery, right? It's once once you once you go you can't change it right yeah uh, it's tough to undo <laughs> yeah I always tell people like I may make you better with surgery yeah or I may make you worse but I'll make you different every single time yeah yeah it's just like there's no going back right 
it's as much again as much as we wish it was a perfect science it's not always right yeah. we all behave behave differently along the way so um perfect so and then you know everyone wants to play the wait and see approach what's your typical guidelines or recommendations for someone who's dealing with an injury when do you do something about it you know i think i think with anything um if your body's hurting if it's telling you it's hurting that's when you need to to address it yeah in in, in kind of just stepwise you know whether it's you know like i said it's and it's it's super easy like you know they just call up come see you that's, yeah i mean that that that's number one yeah you know and and if they don't get better with that then like okay we'll have someone with some good eyes look at this and try to try to figure it out and so um and you're gonna know fairly quickly right oh absolutely um if if <laughs> you're gonna say okay i've had six weeks with you and you're not bad at <laughs> that's a problem <laughs> You know, it's it's um, it's a it's amazing, and so and so I just like you know, you may give it a couple of days on your own, mm-hmm. and especially if you're older. Now, if you're yeah. younger, <laughs> uh, you know, like you know, someone like me, like I, I need to be seen right away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like let's get this, let's get this. If I'm hurt, like let's get this taken care of. Yeah. So, um, but you know, definitely, you know, the wait and see attitude, you definitely handle things, especially if you if you want to continue to be active, right? Yeah. Um, that's so important just to, to just to do that, to go ahead and get it looked at. Exactly, right? I mean, people want to wait forever and ever and ever, and it's like, my gosh, why have you dealt with this for eight months and you just now got it checked out? Like, you can't even lift a you know dumbbell overhead without it hurting. It's yeah. like, why, why have you gotten yourself on this boat? And I think, again, some of it comes down to people maybe get poor advice or they feel like hey, maybe I'm not being validated when I go to some some offices in some cases or hey they're just going to tell me to stop doing my activity or yeah. and so then I don't know or fear there's all kinds of things that kind of prevent people from coming to see us and, and all those things are very true and, 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 and it's you know because hey I don't want to be told to stop or um, you're going you're gonna to spend five minutes with me and, right right um, and I totally get all those things and, and so definitely finding folks that one will, will, will listen to you and really take a look at you and, and and try to help you be your own doctor, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and, and help you get better. Yeah, absolutely. Key. Hey, get again. We talked about it earlier in the podcast. Six week old rotator cuff pain is a lot easier to treat than six or eight month rotator cuff pain. One hundred percent. And you start talking about possible tears and all kinds of things at that point. So good deal. And we talked about this a little bit earlier too. You know. Diagnosis is key, right? As far as getting the proper treatment for a patient, I know you do some in-office um, orthroscopy. Tell us what that looks like and kind of the process along that those lines. Yeah, so you know that's a, as um, as a, as a you know sports orthopedic surgeon or you know arthroscopist, and those things are not necessarily the same. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, you know, using all my skills, right? Yeah. To, um, to be able to to do those things, and so we we're able to do that stuff in an office to to Just look and, and to say, okay, hey, this is what we think is going on, and also to use it for treatment. That's been really yeah. really good. You know, some some of the partial ACL tears that don't necessarily mm. need a surgery, um, we can treat those in office with 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 that combining the regenerative uh, medicine with with that and so once again just having that skill set of 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 being able to put a scope in a knee or a shoulder in in offices um is is fun and and, and helps yeah what's the that's the difference in saying hey i'm gonna you know knock somebody and take them to the hospital right and and put them in a typical or what's the advantage of, of being able to do it in office versus you know the other alternative or the typical alternative yeah well there's the big things right so less expensive uh honestly quicker yeah right and the thing that that a lot of people don't 
think about. And, and, and like I said, as I've gone along in this, right, there's certain <laughs> things that kind of stand out to me, and I go, okay, I want to, um, you know, I want to try to stay away from some of those things. So anesthesia is, is it's it's tough. Yeah. Um, and when you have anesthesia, that's a hit to your brain. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and most people don't think about that. And I'm not, once again, I, I, I guess someone's like, I'm giving you the secrets in the inside world. <laughs> um, but I remember in fellowship, we... <clears throat> A uh, young girl came in. We we're going to repair her ACL, and uh, and so you you always have those. You ask those questions like you, you know again right before you go into the operating room. And it's like, well, why are we going to do that and all that stuff? Anyway, but I'm asking the questions, and so this girl had a concussion in the, in the interim. Oh wow! Um, you know, two weeks ago before um, before we did her case, and so I was telling my my attending my mentor, mm-hmm. uh, hey, she had a she had a concussion. You know, he's like, anything new? I well, she had a concussion. He's like, oh, all right, well, let's cancel that. And I was like, what? Uh, what? <laughs> like, um, and so anyway, once again, here's a here's a teaching moment for me. It's like, well, you know, man, she's 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 had this one hit already. Yeah. We're gonna give her anesthesia. We're gonna give her another hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what we see when our mo- more senior saints when they have yeah. when they have anesthesia. If we think us as younger people, if that's not hitting us it, it is right and so it's things like that right yeah <laughs> um that you that you think about um i know anytime after an operation we obviously experience a ton of weakness i know we see that a lot in the clinic right somebody's had a potential nerve block and now their quad is just atrophied like no one's business do you do you experience that as much with some of this in-office stuff as you would uh, otherwise as far as post-operative weakness you know we don't um we don't experience that as much because we, you know, we use local anesthetic and that yeah. sort of so we don't we don't see a um, a lot of that. The only thing that we would potentially see is anytime you put a, a scope in someone's knee, there seems to be just a little more pain with things. Sure, sure. Um, but otherwise, and of course, it's a small scope that yeah. you put in there, but but nonetheless, but yeah, we don't you know we don't get those things that we'll see with you know uh, tourniquet uh, right, syndrome right. or or things like that. So um, so yeah, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. Better. Yeah, heck yeah. Ways. Yeah, what, uh, what would be your indication for something like that? Hey, would, do you do those for most of your, say, joint regenerative injections? Or are you looking at it for, hey, I, I want to know what else is going on in here? Yeah, it's going to be more specific kind of things. It's mostly going to be treating like an ACL or, or something like that. There's the diagnosis aspect of sure. it. But we use um, ultrasound and fluoroscopy for, yep. for all of our injections to make sure that we're there. And so we don't necessarily need to put a scope, you know, an right. office scope in for that. Those are going to definitely be for kind of more specific things, um, and if we're really trying to um, pinpoint something, that makes it a lot easier. When you're looking right at it, it makes it great. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Dr. Kelton, we, we appreciate your time today. No, Thank thanks you so for much. Having me. Yeah, thanks so much for hanging out with us. How do we find out more about your practice and uh, get in touch with you? Yeah, so, so Nashville Regenerative Orthopedics, it's uh, nashvilleregenerative.com. Cool. Uh, our number is 615-850-4415. Um, cool. And we love, we love seeing folks. We're yeah. trying to help them get better. So. Absolutely. It's a time where folks are starting to get back into activity and the gyms are reopening and people out hitting the pavement. So uh, we'll drop all your information in the comments per usual. And thanks again for hanging out with yeah, us. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Nashville Fitness Podcast. Don't forget, educate yourself, surround yourself with positivity, and take care of your body. It's the only one you get. Education is the key to a stronger and healthier you, one person and one community at a time. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, we would love for you to give us a five-star rating and leave us comments. 
If you want to find out more about us and how to maximize your health and performance, check out our clinic on Instagram at Momentum underscore Sports PT or at MomentumSportsPT.com.